You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. Plenty to get to here on a hump day edition of Locked On Cougars. We're going to continue with our 100 seasons of BYU football, talking about the 1898 Brigham Young Academy team. Also, some notes on the 1897 team that were discovered after we recorded yesterday's podcast. We'll also talk a little bit about where BYU is projected to land in terms of the hierarchy in college football this coming season. And of course, We'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Big wins for both baseball and softball. We'll cover that as well as everything else a little later on in today's show. All right, so let's have some fun on a Wednesday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 14th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Please make sure if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button wherever you may be listening in on this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the all new Odyssey app, just to name a few of the different options out there. Make sure to hit that follow button and join us every single day as we aim to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room in any given conversation. All right, getting going here on a Wednesday. Let's start off with BYU football and the FPI, Football Percentage Index, or Football Power Index, excuse me. Uh, ESPN puts these out each year. They update them throughout the season, and of course, during the offseason, they put out their initial rankings, and yesterday had the initial rankings come out for all 130 FBS programs. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what is the football power index? What's FPI, Jake? Well, let's give you a little background on that. ESPN puts this out there with this. The football power index is a measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance going forward for the rest of the season. FPI predicts how many points above or below average a team is. Projected results are based on 10,000 simulations of the rest of the season using FPI results to date and the remaining schedule. Ratings and projections update daily. Obviously, the the last part there, the projected results are based on the simulations. It results to date. Well, there haven't been any results yet. So they're going off what they're projecting ahead to this coming season. Now, that brings us to the point of why we're talking about this. Well, where is the BYU football program slated to land? Well, in the initial FPI put out there, BYU is slated to be number 63 in college football. So just outside, well, just inside the top half of the sport, but this is a thing that the FPI believes that BYU is going to be a middling program during the 2021 campaign. Now, many of you are probably sitting there, well, that makes sense considering all the guys that they lost. And you're also probably wondering, well, if they're going to have these out there, what do they project BYU's schedule or the record to be? Well, they currently project on the FPI that BYU is going to have 7.3 wins and 4.7 losses. Okay, that's real helpful. Why are there decimals there? Don't ask me. But nonetheless, that essentially equates to a 7-5 record, a bowl-eligible record, BYU going in 
essence to the Independence Bowl, which they begin a six-year contract on their new bowl agreements this year, uh, the first of which is the Independence Bowl. There are some also machinations that could get them into a game like the Cactus Bowl, but it looks more and more likely that BYU, if they are bowl eligible this year, is going to Shreveport, Louisiana to play there in the Independence Bowl. But the good news is it projects BYU to have a winning record in 2021. I know that a 7-5 and record uh, playing in a bowl game is not going to thrill many people after an 11-1 and season a year ago, but as we've talked about on this podcast in the past, I think that the 2020 season in a nutshell is that quote-unquote special season you only get every so often as a BYU football fan, and that's why I tried to encourage you guys during the midst of it to enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Obviously, you would have liked to see them go 12-0 and and maybe play in a bigger bowl game for BYU, but nonetheless, that was a very fun season. The best season BYU's had, in essence, in 20 years. I know that there are probably some people who think 06, 07 were some of the best seasons, so uh, you can quibble with that, but in at least the decade that BYU's been an independent, that is by far the best season that they have had. So, now as you project forward going into 2021, what do we expect from the BYU football program? 7-5, and five, I think that's actually a pretty safe floor, and the FPI, by the way, does project that BYU has an 88% chance of winning six games and therefore being bowl eligible. So, they believe that this team is going to be a 500 team, essentially, at worst. I am of the opinion that this BYU team, if all the parts come together, you have the Nakua brothers coming in who should be immediately eligible at wide receiver. You get a good quarterback who can handle things and stay healthy. And I'm projecting right now that it's Jaron Hall. Based on all my conversations with people at BYU, I'd be stunned if Jaron Hall is not taking the first snap against Arizona on September 4th. But if you get steady quarterback play, you have the running backs who are on the roster right now, led by Tyler Algier, who reprised their role from a year ago where they were very very strong. The offensive line comes along with the replacements for guys like Brady Christensen, Tristan Hodge, and Chandon Herring. And then also you get the wide receiving core to replace the production that Dax Milne had. You have a pretty strong offense, I think, still projecting forward for BYU. The tight end unit also going to be very strong. Isaac Rex looking to reprise his role, have another double-digit touchdown season if he can afford it. I think the biggest thing is that this BYU offense, if it's anywhere near what we saw in in 2020, this could be a team that I think you could challenge for eight or nine wins. That's just my personal opinion on this. Am I projecting a 10-win season? Probably not. There's a very, very tough slate for BYU this year. Uh, looking at the different FPI rankings for the other teams that BYU scheduled to face, well, uh, the number if that number for that team is higher than you, like say a uh, team like Utah, for example, BYU is projected to be 63, Utah's 57. So they believe that Utah is going to be slightly better than BYU, but in the same realm, essentially projecting both 7-5 and five records for the Utes and the Cougars. Now, running down the schedule of BYU's 12 scheduled games currently, Arizona projected at 102, so BYU is expected to win that game handily. Utah at 57, a toss-up. Arizona State 31, you're projected to lose that game against the Sun Devils. USF at 105, you're expected to win that. So if you're going by the FPI, BYU should be 2-2 two two in the first month of the season. Then they play Utah State who has actually got the worst FPI ranking on the entire list of BYU's scheduled opponents at 120. They expect BYU to take care of the Aggies. Boise State at 78, BYU closer to a toss-up, but BYU projected to win that. That would put them at 4-2. and two. Baylor at 47, you're projected to lose that game, 4-3. and three. Washington State at 90, you win that one, you're 5-3. and three. 
Virginia at 32, you're five and four. Idaho State, a scheduled win, you're six and four at that point. Georgia Southern at 86 puts you at seven and four, and then USC at 26 puts you at seven and five. So that's the math just going off of the FPI. But like I said, I am of the opinion that I think BYU can go out and challenge such teams as a Virginia, as a Utah, and a Baylor. I honestly think that could happen. I'm not sure Baylor's going to be that great, and I think BYU has a prime opportunity to beat Jeff Grimes as he faces the Cougars for the first time on the opposite sideline since leaving them as their offensive coordinator. So, I think the FPI rankings, they are worth noting. There's something to keep track of during the season because uh, ESPN puts a lot of their money into projecting forward on these seasons and they think BYU is number 63. I believe this BYU team can be a top 40 caliber team, win eight or nine games. That's just my personal opinion and we'll have to wait and see how things project out and go forward in the 2021 season this fall. All right, we'll continue to get you guys ready for the upcoming season by continuing our look at the 100 seasons of BYU football played to date. We're talking about the 1898 Brigham Young Academy team. Funny enough, they actually are the 1898 Brigham Young Academy team. Might be the last team that ostensibly played for BYA. We'll explain more here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Guys, we absolutely love Built Bars here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. They are the best tasting protein bar that I have ever had, bar none. Pardon the pun, but I mean it sincerely. They are 100% covered in chocolate. They taste delicious. Over 20 unique flavors. And the best part about it, you're not going to believe how good they are for you. They are high protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar. They're the perfect complement for any of you on your health journey. Whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight, you can indulge in a delicious treat, but also still have it be healthy for you guys. It's absolutely incredible how great these bars are and how healthy they are for you. So give them a shot, guys. You can go to BuiltBar.com, order your first order, or order again if you've already ordered previously. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com, guys. I cannot recommend these enough. Give them a shot. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15 percent off your next order and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. Folks, I want to remind you guys to check out the Locked On Today podcast every morning. It gets you up to speed on everything you need to know in all major sports in under 20 minutes with the help of our local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peter Bukowski hosts it and does a fantastic job. I listen to it every day on my way into my radio job here at the Zone Sports Network. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, continuing on with our 100 seasons of BYU football feature we've been doing here on the podcast, getting things going here with the BYA, Brigham Young Academy football program that played in the late 1890s. And we're talking about the 1898 BYA Academy team. But before we get to 1898, do need to go back to 1897 for a moment. We talked about them on yesterday's podcast, how they won a second straight state title or claimed a second straight state title after beating Utah in back-to-back games that season. Well, I had a document sent to me, uh, actually an article, about the Brigham Young Academy football programs as well as their history as a high school after they split from BYU, Brigham Young University, to become Brigham Young High School. They were kind of combined at this time in the late 1890s. This was sent to me, and I was looking at it, and funny enough, we found out more about the 1897 schedule for BYU. As I talked about yesterday, I was only able to find the two games against Utah that BYU won handily 
and reading a little bit more about the win in Salt Lake City against Utah, BYU is really projected to lose that game in a blowout and stun most observers with their 14 to nothing win. Also that season, BYU played powerhouses once again, as you would expect. The YMCA of Salt Lake City, they played a home and home series against the YMCA, splitting those games based on what I was reading. Also played the uh, Crescent, Salt Lake City Crescents, which was essentially a club team, it seemed like. A, I don't know what you would call it, a semi-pro team. And BYU played them as well as in 1897. So the reason why they claim a state championship, obviously, is with the back-to-back wins over the University of Utah. But when you beat the YMCA of Salt Lake City and the Salt Lake City Crescents, why not go out and claim that state title? So BYU was two for two in their young history here going into 1898. Now, this season, 1898, maybe has the least records in terms of anything I could find in my research. And let's be clear about this. I have not had a chance to go look at stuff physically at BYU Special Collections. I know they have Banyans, uh, yearbooks, etc. that I've seen in the past. Uh, a little bit of a background. I'm actually a history major is what I studied at Brigham Young University. So I'm well versed in spending time at the Harold B. Lee Library looking through all kinds of documents. But with the COVID-19 pandemic, I have not had the opportunity to get down to the HBLL and get into the L. Tom Perry Special Collection for more information on this. So I'm doing all this online. And 1898 is going to be, in my opinion, probably the season with the least amount of information that I can pass along to you guys. And I apologize for that, but we will have more and more documentation, results, etc. as we get into 1899 tomorrow and then kick off the quote-unquote real era of Brigham Young University football in 1922. What led to a two-decade gap between between games from 1899 to 1922. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But 1898 today featured the final game that BYA, Brigham Young Academy, and the University of Utah played in the 1890s. Many of you probably can remember that I've talked about previously on this that BYU took a 3 and 3 record overall from the 1890s that does not count according to BYU in the overall all-time record. Well, the final game in this series in 1898 went to the in a 5 nothing thriller. That's about the extent of what I know about the 1898 Brigham Young Academy team. Uh, reading more about this, they did not win a state championship. I think they had a little bit of a fall off with some of the guys who had played in the 1896 and 1897 campaigns who either graduated or moved on at that point with their lives. And 1898 was a little bit of a comeback to earth moment. Obviously, if you when you go out as a program and in your first two seasons, you win back to back state titles or claim state championships in back-to-back seasons in your first two years. Well, anything you do after that that does not win a title is going to be considered a letdown. But 1898, nonetheless, BYU uh, was... Three and two against the Utes based on the historical records out there. Funny enough, they played three games against the Utes in 1896, two games against the Utes in 1897, and just one contest in 1898, losing it five to nothing. So kind of funny to see that break down. They were scheduled to play the Utes in 1899, but we'll talk a little bit more about why that did not happen uh, tomorrow on the podcast when we talk about the 1899 campaign. But 1898... BYU kind of came back to earth in a way and did not win a third straight state championship. And obviously, when you go out there and you start off with such a hot streak of winning back-to-back state championships, you hit the ground running essentially. And funny enough, this uh, era of BYU football or BYA football 
man, it's not going to be replicated until what? The 1970s with Lavelle Edwards? Maybe, maybe so. But there were some moments early on in the 1950s that BYU had some success, also in the 1960s. But the bang that they started their tenure as a college football program in the 1890s, hard to be matched. But 1898, the only game on record that we can find is a 5-0 loss to Utah. I would assume that BYU played the likes of Salt Lake City High School, which they had played previously Fort Douglas the Crescents from Salt Lake City the YMCA of Salt Lake City apparently was a big time rival of BYU's during this era so it'd be very easy to envision them having played at least one or two contests against the YMCA but the only record we have from 1898 is BYU losing to Utah five to nothing and also them not winning a state championship so you would expect they had a little bit of a comeback down to earth season but now we move forward to 1899 the final season of Brigham Young Academy football before we get to Brigham Young University football in 1922. So I hope you guys have been enjoying this series. It's been a ton of fun to do research on it. Like I said, I don't have my full complement of resources that I normally would like to have when I was able to get my hands on books, yearbooks, that type of stuff to get more information. But as I get that, I'm happy to go back and correct them. As I talked about a little bit about 1897, we learned more about their opponents after a article about BYA was sent to me. BYHI.org, by the way, was the was the website that I found. Talked a lot about BYA, Brigham Young Academy, in the early days when they were kind of a combo of a, of a college as well as a high school before separating in the early 1900s into Brigham Young University, the college arm, as well as Brigham Young High School, which was the high school arm. And a little bit more information on that. It was good to find that article. But like I said, I'm happy to go back. If I find out more about 1898, I'll be happy to kind of revisit the historical record. But now BYU, BYA not BYU, BYA, looking forward to 1899, obviously looking to reprise their hot start in 1896 and 1897 to win a state title. And we'll talk about what happened in 1899 that portended a nearly or actually over two decade long ban on playing football at church schools. Interesting story there we'll get to on tomorrow's podcast, so stay tuned for that. All right, coming up here in just a few moments, we'll catch up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan today. Baseball and softball win, also some weekly and national awards handed out. We'll talk about all that here in just moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. We talked a lot about them, but they are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football in the rearview mirror, but obviously looking at out to the future. If you want to place bets on NFL futures, college football futures, you can do that at Bet Online. You also can bet currently on the NBA season ongoing. You can do the NHL, baseball, no matter what you guys have got, they've got you covered. They've got you all of the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets. And by the way, it is free to sign up. You heard that. F-R-E-E with our friends at Bet Online. Go to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up now and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. You heard that right. Also, 50% added to whatever you decide to deposit. All you've got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That is one word, Locked On for 50% welcome bonus courtesy of BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, my friends, coming up April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 that'll feature analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts, including yours truly, for every team will be making trades and picking the next stars of their team. I might be talking a little bit about Zach Wilson, just a little bit of a heads up on that for you guys. But subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the brand new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts music and news that matter to you that's a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey check them out guys all right catching up on everything else you need to know as a byu fan here on a wednesday let's start off with this carson lindell is off to a flaming start and i mean this sincerely at the western intercollegiate one of the most prestigious golf tournaments in college golf essentially the who's who of college golf plays in this tournament annually byu's a regular participant but Carson Lindell has a fantastic lead. He is six under par, four strokes ahead of Joe Highsmith atop the individual standings of the Western Intercollegiate. That's after two rounds of play. The final round plays today at Pasa Tiempo Golf Club out there in California. It's it, it's pretty incredible what Carson Lindell is doing. Guys like Johnny Miller, uh, other great players in BYU's history have won this tournament. It, essentially the who's who of BYU men's golf. Think about some of the great golfers who have come through BYU. Some of them have won this tournament like a Johnny Miller. Carson Lindell stands a good opportunity to add his name to that pantheon, and I'm rooting for him to do it. So like I said, he has a four-stroke lead going in to the final round. He was four under yesterday. He has shot 68 and 66 in back-to-back rounds for a total of 134, hoping that he can hold on to that and win this individual title. His stellar start has helped BYU off to a fourth-place finish after the second round. They are 11 over as a team. They went even in the second round yesterday. Uh, I believe it was the second best round amongst all teams in the second round. Obviously, when you go four under with Carson Lindell, that'll help your team score. But BYU moves up. They were fifth place after day one, fourth place going into day three here. Hopefully, Lindell can hold on, add to his incredible scores so far, and his teammates can show up a little bit, and hopefully BYU can post a fantastic finish here at one of the most prestigious golf tournaments in men's collegiate golf. All right, other news for you guys. A BYU baseball beat their rival Utah 7-4 yesterday. A great showing for the Cougars on their home field at Miller Field. Congratulations to Mike Littlewood and his squad. This has not been an easy season for them in any way, shape, or form. But when you get four RBIs from Joshua Cowden and you go out and put three runs up in the seventh inning that makes the final tally 7-4, you'll take the win every time over your rivals. Uh, BYU will hit the road this week. They're headed to Omaha to take on Nebraska-Omaha in a three-game series this weekend. Best of luck to Mike Littlewood and his squad as they hit the road here. Also, BYU softball absolutely smoked yesterday. They took down Idaho State 10-1 in five innings. Four home runs in the final three innings made it a short game. The run rule is in effect for collegiate softball still. Well, Violet Zavodnik, I hope I pronounced her name correctly, was the big player on the day. She was 2-3 of at the plate, 2 home runs, four RBIs. Marisha Chavez also was three of three at the plate, one home run and one RBI. And Autumn Moffitt-Korth, who was was taken over, excuse me, as the ace of this pitching staff, went five innings, a complete game, five hits, six strikeouts. She also was two of three at the plate and hit the other home run that BYU had amongst their four on the day. She had three RBIs, so she's helping herself out at the plate as well as getting it done in the circle. 
BYU is back in action uh, t- today, actually, as they take on Utah Valley in the UCCU Crosstown Clash. First pitch is slated for 6 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be broadcast live on BYU TV if you want to tune in and watch the BYU softball team in action. A couple other notes for you guys here before we go on the award circuit. Let's say congratulations to Heather Olmstead, head coach of the BYU Women's Volleyball Program. They're getting ready for the NCAA tournament, uh, taking on either UCLA or Ryder tomorrow night. Well, she was named Pacific South Region Coach of the Year, so congratulations to her on that award, as well as four of her athletes are AVCA Pacific South All-Region Honors. These came out yesterday. Senior outside hitter Taylin Ballard-Nixon, sophomore setter Whitney Bauer, senior middle blocker Kennedy Eschenberg, and sophomore opposite Kate Grimmer were named to the All-Region team. So congratulations to all four of them. Looking forward to seeing them in action in the NCAA tournament tomorrow night. We'll talk more about that matchup tomorrow when we know who they will be facing, whether it's Ryder or UCLA. And then finally, Cameron Tucker, BYU's one of their star forwards. She she was named WCC Offensive Player of the Week for the second consecutive week after she went out and had just another fantastic week. She's now on a five-game goal-scoring goal streak, tied for the fifth longest all-time in BYU women's soccer history. She has scored in every game for the Cougars, extending back to March 24th in their win at San Diego. She also has added four assists in those five games. Against number 25 Pepperdine this past Saturday, she scored the game-winning goal to give number 16-ranked BYU a 2-1 victory. It was the Cougars' first victory in Malibu since 2012 as we talked about a little bit earlier on this week. She has won four WCC Player of the Week honors in her career, but cool to see her win them in back-to-back weeks for Jennifer Rockwood's squad. All right, that is going to do it for Wednesday. You guys are up to date. Big thank you for joining us every single day. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want some more of my work and what I like to think about sports and what I think about everything else going on in life, please follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can reach out to the show anytime by emailing us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from you guys, getting your insights. Tomorrow is a Twitter Thursday, opening up the mailbag. We did not get to it last week, so if you guys got questions, send them in. We'll also get to the ones that were sending last week, and we'll have a big full show talking about all things BYU sports and anything else you want got questions about. Send those in on social media. Locked on Cougars, like I said, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter or Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter as well or email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com with those questions now. All right, that is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 14th, 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.